Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 13. When I was about 14 years old, uh, my dad bought a heavy punching bag. Uh, and uh, he, he used to be a boxer. And he, he got me and said, Roger, I want you to hold this. And he said, you need to brace yourself, you know, put your, put your foot to the back and hold it tight around the bottom because it's going to be hard to handle. You know, well, I thought it would be hard to handle, but I didn't think it would be that hard to handle. He hit that thing, and me and that bag flew up in the air. And he continued to hit it, and I was bouncing around like a rag doll. As I, and I was thinking to myself, any thought of being disrespectful evaporated in that moment of time. Uh, I, I understood uh, that I didn't want to, uh, not that he would have done that, but uh, I didn't want to tempt him. Anyway, um, there are those in our culture who say that to be a strong man is toxic. I do not believe that. I think that uh, God has created men on purpose to be strong, uh, to defend their wives and family, to stand for what is right in the culture, uh, and uh, that, that if we leave this design, that something will be greatly missing in our culture and our society, and especially in the church. Um, the scripture that we're going to look at today, Paul is actually telling the Corinthians, I'm going to send you some people to help you out. I've got some, some friends and co-workers in the gospel that I want to send to you. And uh, they are going to help you with some of these problems that you're, you're dealing with. But then he hits the pause button and he addresses the men in the church at Corinth. You see, the church at Corinth is probably the most troubled church in all the Bible. They had problems in just about every facet of their church life. But Paul speaks to the men and he says, look, men, I want you to stand up and I want you to be men in this church and I want you to have a godly influence and I want you to, to be strong in the Lord on behalf of this church. I want you to intercede on behalf of this church because Paul understood something. When the men of a church get alive in Christ, good things happen. Did you know statistics tell us if uh, children get, sir, uh, get saved, uh, the children will come. Sometimes, occasionally, the family will come into the church and, be, and they'll be saved. Uh, when, the, when the mom gets saved, it's a little better statistics there. Uh, more uh, will come into the church and be saved, but it's still a fairly low percentage. But when dad gets saved and comes into the church... Almost all the time, the whole family follows suit. Now, that's just, in, that's just in the area of salvation. So, as men, we have a profound influence on our families in the things of God. When we stand for God, when we live for God, when we're bold in Christ, it makes a difference in our families. And that is what God has called us to do. And whether it's politically incorrect or not, 
to be a strong man. That is what God has called us to be. Uh, the scripture today uh, in verse 13, we'll read in just a moment. But the title of my message is God's plan for men. God's plan for men. Look with me at verse 13. We'll read the scriptures. Just two verses. Be alert. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Do everything in love. Now, where my translation says be courageous, the original literally says act like men. You could say man up, okay? <laughs> or uh, be a man. Okay, that's, that's the, the gist of this. Paul is calling the men to fulfill the role that they were supposed to have in that church and in that culture. Listen, Corinth was a wicked city. It was known for wickedness. America has become a wicked country, and we have become known for wickedness. What is the answer? Godly Christian men. I believe that with all my heart, that as we as men put God first in our lives, we can have a profound impact on our families, on the church, on the culture in which we live. God's plan for men. So what is that, what is that plan? Well, first of all, uh, Paul, but also God, and especially God, counsels you to be alert. Literally, to be awake. To be alert to danger. That's the first point, to be alert to danger. Verse 13, he says, be alert. That is, we are to have our eyes out for danger as men. Did you know that's one of the, the things that God has called us to do as men, is to be protectors. Now, I was watching a TV show the other day, and, and a, a man did something to protect a woman, and she looked at him, and she said, she said, what do you think I need you to protect me? And he's like, oh, you know, okay, sorry, you know. Listen, God has called us to be protectors. I, I remember when I was a young man, my dad told me, son, one of the things that is your responsibility as a man is to protect your wife, to protect your kids, and to protect those who are weaker and more vulnerable. That's your responsibility as a man. So we're to be alert. We're to be alert we're for, to protect our families physically, to protect the church, right? Um, I believe that defending your home, not only a right in America, but it is something we are called to do as men. In this dangerous world that we live in, this is what we're called to do. But not just physical protection, emotional protection. Men, build up your families. The world is trying to tear down your families. Build them up. Find something good to praise in your kids. Find something good to affirm in your kids. Protect their emotional health. Show them that they're made in the image of God, that they have been designed for God's purpose. 
and let them know how important they are in the eyes of God. That's one a great thing to do as a man. Be alert to opportunities to do that because you, what you'll do is you'll protect your children in, in the view that God has of them and, uh, and their role in this life. Uh, protect them spiritually. You need to be on the lookout for those who want to lead your children astray. Listen, they're everywhere. Our culture is full. Everywhere you go, TV, it used to irritate my kids to no end. I, I would hit the pause button on the TV. Isn't that a great thing that you can do that today? Hit the pause button. My kids hate it because I would stop it and I would say, this is what they just said. Here's why it's wrong. And here's what the answer is to it. And we would do that. And they say, oh, Dad, we know. When they got to be 10, Dad, we know. We, we know. You've told us this. I'm going to tell you. Why? Because I'm being alert. I'm counteracting that culture in their lives. Uh, be alert to what's happening in the school system. Our, our government, our national government, is trying to require schools to teach perversion to children. That's wicked. That's an evil. Uh, and it needs to be stood against. Now listen, uh, uh, God has created two sexes. One male, one female. According to the book of Genesis, and biological men and biological women are God's design. One man, one woman in the context of marriage for a lifetime. That's God's plan. So we need to stand against those who would come against the family and who would try to uh, say that these things that are wickedness in the eyes of God are good. One of the prophets says, Woe when men are saying that good is evil and evil is good. As men, we need to stand up for what is right. We need to teach our kids what is right and what is good in this life. Um, so be alert to danger. I remember I was, uh, we were walking into a Kmart. That's, uh, Kmart used to be around when I was younger. Uh, and and uh, this guy kind of looked at my mom funny. And I, don't, I couldn't see the front of my dad's face, but I saw his head snap. And, and I knew something was about to go down, if, you know, if, uh, if things didn't change quickly. And, uh, you know, it passed. I didn't really even know what was going on. But I found out that this guy had been looking at my mom funny. And, and my dad, was he was alert. He was ready. Okay. <laughs> and what, what security? I, I remember dad uh, when um, somebody get out of line in the family. It could be extended family, too. He'd say, that's enough. And it would die. <laughs> right? Uh, so uh, he, he was alert to these things. And it, what a sense of security that brought to our household. Uh, but I'm especially grateful for the alertness he had in spiritual things. And that he taught us the things of God. That is a heritage that... Uh, is so valuable to me, and I'm so grateful for it. So, uh, God's plan for men. First of all, be alert to danger. Secondly, stand for what is right. Look at verse 
13. Stand firm in the faith. What is the faith? The faith is this right here. Okay? This is the faith. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the truths of Scripture. We're to stand firm in the faith. There have always been those who have attacked Christianity. There have always been those who did not like what Christians had to say or what the Bible taught. There have always been those people throughout history. We are called as men to stand in the faith. I believe that involves several things. First of all, you've got to know it if you're going to stand in it, right? So you need to be in God's Word. Uh, but it also means that we're willing to speak up for the truth of Scripture, especially in our families. I know uh, sometimes we are called to speak the truth in love, and somebody is, is out of line in our family, and we're called to, to speak into that situation. Now, you need to be prayed up. Probably don't just need to blurt that out, okay? But, but pray over it and uh, consider the best way to go about addressing it. But you need to, to stand up for what's right in your family, okay? If we don't, who will? So um, stand firm in the faith in the church. There would be those who would come in to oppose right doctrine. We know that from 2 Corinthians. Because Paul has to speak against some who are teaching against the things that he was teaching. Um, there is something called truth and there is something that's called error. I know that that's not politically correct either in our culture today. But it's the truth. The Bible says that all scripture is God-breathed. And is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness. That the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So when, if somebody is telling me that Jesus is not the way to salvation, I'm going to stand against that. Someone is trying to tell me uh, that, that Jesus isn't who he says he is. Or that God's word is not true. I'm going to stand against that. Someone is going to try to say, well, I know back in those old days when we weren't as enlightened, people considered these things wrong. But now we're enlightened, and we, we, see, we see through all that. I'm going to stand against that. What's right is always right, and what's wrong is always wrong. Okay, It doesn't matter what the culture says. These truths are based not on the whims and opinions of people, they are based on the very character of God Almighty, which does not change. So we're to stand. Listen, sometimes you've got to stand. You've got to stand for what is right. Um, we're to stand for the Scripture. We're to stand for what's right in our family. A uh, uh, number of years ago, we... Um, Something had happened in school, and I, I don't even remember what it was. It's been so long ago, but I'd gone up uh, to, to speak uh, to one of the school officials, and he said to me, he said, you know, he said, if you don't defend your kids, nobody will. And so, uh, you know, but sometimes you've got, to, you've got to stand up for what's right. You've got to be willing to be unpopular. You can't always be the, win the popularity contest. 
And that's true in raising your kids, too. If you're trying to be their friend, you're not going to do them any good. You've got to set a standard, and, and there's got to be age-appropriate discipline for your kids. And listen, I want to tell you, um, you, you're not to abuse your kids, but spanking them is not going to hurt. God made a cushion spot on the backside that, that takes the spanking pretty well. Okay? Won't hurt them. They won't die. Uh, they might give you a dirty look. I've had that happen a few times. But uh, uh, it, it, the scripture says you will save your children from death. Teach them how to have self-discipline. So when they leave your home, they can make good choices in life. Stand for what's right. So God's plan for men, be alert to danger, stand for what is right. Live courageously for God. He says, be courageous. This is the, the phrase that literally in the original means, be a man. Live like men. Stand like men. Be courageous. Uh, my son David called me uh, a couple of weeks ago. He was watching a clip from the movie Braveheart. And you know the, the, the scene where uh, William Wallace is, you know, he's getting ready to lead the troops into battle. And he's yelling, whoa, freedom. Yeah. And uh, David said that when William Wallace began to yell, my two little grandsons started yelling back at the TV. I love that. <laughs> I said, yeah. Uh, how awesome is that? Um, I don't know how much they understood. They may have just uh, just been talking back to him. I don't know. But, uh, you know, we, we need to teach our kids how to be courageous. Listen, I wanna, they're going to need it in the culture in which we live. If God doesn't change this thing around, we're going to need courage as we've needed at no other time in history. And God has called men first. To set the example in courage. To speak up. To stand up. And to be counted for God. And to do the courageous thing in obedience to God even when it costs us. When I was 10 years old, my dad uh, had been serving in, on staff at a large church. And uh, he felt a call to, to pastor. And we left that large church and my parents took a two-thirds cut in pay to go be obedient to Jesus Christ and to pastor a small church in the country. That made an impression on me. I knew their money was where their mouth was. They were serious about Jesus Christ. They were willing to pay a price. The Apostle Paul was... Um, passing through and he's in one of the towns where he had ministered and um, several prophets were telling him don't don't go down to Jerusalem they're going to arrest you there Paul said look why are you breaking my heart I'm not only willing to suffer and to be arrested I'm willing to die for the sake of Jesus Christ Jesus said, no one takes my life from me. I lay it down willingly. Can I tell you something? That's courage. Jesus faced 
the suffering of the cross, but he also faced the wrath of God and the justice of a holy God. And he faced it in courage. You know what courage is? Courage is doing that thing which you fear. Now, in God's strength, we can overcome fear. But I want to tell you something. We will have to speak out for God in the culture in which we live. And, and there may be a day that your, that your pastor gets arrested. I'm not going to stop speaking the truth. There may be a day one of you gets arrested for the sake of Jesus Christ. And, and we've got to be ready for that. We've got to be willing to pay a price. The book of Hebrews it t- tells how that church, uh, the government, confiscated their property. How'd you like that? You got your nest egg? Uncle Sam says, ah, I'm taking that. Matter of fact, I'll take your house too. You see, sometimes Christianity is easy when things are going well. But when things are going hard, it gets difficult. But we've got to step forth in courage. And listen, I think we need to show courage now before those very hard times come. Let's stand. Let's, let's vote our values. Let's do the things we need to do uh, to stand for what's right in our culture while we can. But we need to live courageously for God. Uh, one of the things my, my dad did with me is he said, Son, you're going to experience pressure to drink or to take drugs, or what, you know, whatever the case may be. And here's what you say. And he filled in the blanks for me. Yeah, I, I used it. <laughs> I used it. Uh, when those times of temptation came up, I knew exactly what to say. I knew exactly what I was, uh, how I was going to respond. And uh, he showed me how to deal with these situations in a courageous way. And it was a great gift. And he warned me about the dangers that were there which I also appreciate. So, live courageously for God. So, uh, God's plan for men, be alert to danger, stand for what is right, live courageously for God. Uh, Next, be strengthened for battle. The last phrase is, be strong. Be strong. I put be strengthened for battle because, listen, you may not be a weightlifter, but you can still be strong. And uh, one of the greatest ways you can show strength on behalf of your family is to pray for them. Um, We are in a battle. Whether you realize it or not, we're in a spiritual battle. Satan wants to destroy our individual lives. He wants to destroy this church. He wants to destroy your family. Father, he wants to destroy your kids. He wants to destroy your marriage. What are you going to do about it? Take these things to God in prayer. And stand. Stand against the enemy. Um, There's a movie that came out a few years ago called War Room. And uh, the lady is is learning how to pray on behalf of her family. Her husband is lost and so forth. And so she's, she's, uh, she's been praying. At one point she says, she, she's, she's yelling. And she says, you can't have my family. 
and, uh, you know, just address it. She says, in the name of Jesus Christ, you leave, and you, you know, you have no place. And, and uh, she is just, just in fervent prayer, she's coming against the evil one. Uh, we talked about being alert. Fathers, you may see your, your child beginning to go down a wrong path. That's your call to pray. You may see a struggle on the horizon in your marriage. That's your call to pray. And as the enemy comes against you, to recognize that you can be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. It's not your strength, it's His strength in you. And uh, you can say, Holy Spirit, quicken me. Holy Spirit, give me your power. That's what the kings in the Old Testament did. Now, they, they uh, was phrased it a little differently. But those godly kings who sought the Lord, they would come before God. they say, hey, this opposing army is coming against us. God, will you give us strength? Will you help us to stand? God, will you wage war on our behalf? Now, that's really cool. There have been times I have not known how to handle a situation, but God has had perfect knowledge, and God has worked in, in that situation as I've prayed and sought him in ways that I couldn't have to be strong. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Uh, Paul uses weapons and, and uh, armor to describe our struggle with the enemy. And he talks about uh, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. One of the best ways you can win the spiritual battle for your kids is by teaching them the Word of God and living the Word of God and loving the Word of God. Implant it in their hearts. Uh, he says, praying always in the Spirit. Let God guide you in your prayers. If God puts your kids on your heart, take a moment and pray and lift them to God. He says, lifting up the shield of faith wherewith we shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Faith uh, in Christ will overcome every single attack of the enemy as we lift up that shield of faith. And this is what we're called to do, to trust God. No matter what the situation is like, no matter how difficult it is, we will trust God. We will follow God. I like what Joshua said. He said, choose you this day whom you will serve. In other words, he's not sure how many are going to follow Christ. That's the way it is in our culture today, isn't it? There's not a whole lot of people following Jesus. Choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We're not going to quit. We're not going to back up. We're going to persevere. God's plan for men, be alert to danger, stand for what is right, live courageously for God, be strengthened for battle, love supernaturally. Look at verse 14, do everything in love. How do we stand? How do we act courageous? Everything we do as men of God should be colored with God's supernatural love. 
You say, well, how can you stand against someone in love? You speak the truth, but you do it in a kind way. You, you don't have to be difficult, right? You don't have to be uh, unkind in the way that you present truth. You can speak it and just let the truth itself, the truth itself will stir up enough anger without having to, to add a lot of these other things to it. But love, first of all, love for that other person, they need to know the truth. What does Jesus say? You shall know the truth. And the truth will set you free. So it is love that takes a stand for what's right and for what's true. Jesus called the Pharisees a bunch of snakes. Why? Because he knew they were religious leaders. They thought they had it all together. He had to shake them out of their complacency if there was any hope for their salvation. So he called them a bunch of snakes. He said, you're a bunch of whitewashed tombs. He said, you look good on the outside. Inside, you're full of death. Some of them hated him and plotted his death. But praise God, the book of Acts tells us many of the priests came to faith in Jesus Christ. Could it be one of those confrontations along the way woke somebody up? So you can speak the truth in love. So love supernaturally. Uh, love involves laying ourselves down for the sake of someone else. That's the essence of love. Jesus said that no greater love has any man than this, than a man lays down his life for his friends. That's what Jesus did, right? Except he laid his life down for his enemies. <laughs> wow. Um, as men, we're called to lay our lives down. Sometimes I hear, well, you know, uh, the husband is the authority in the home. And that is true. Wife to submit to the husband, that's true. And the husband says, well, she has to do what I tell her. If you're saying that, you have totally missed the point. As a man, you are called to love her like Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. You're called to lay your life down for her. You're called to put her ahead of yourself. You're called to put your kids ahead of yourself. Sometimes fathers do things. They sacrifice for the sake of their family. I remember there were seasons of time in my, life, in my, in my dad's uh, work life. Where, I mean, he, his job was hard. There's, one time he worked, uh, he worked a job at a drilling company. And uh, they were... They were throwing around these 130-pound pipes all day long, and he'd come home, and he'd just collapse, and he'd be out. But he persevered. Why? He's, he was going to provide for his family. There have been times he struggled in ministry, but he persevered. Why? Because I believe he loved his family, and he loved his God, and he said, I'm going to lay my life down. It may be uncomfortable for me, but I'm going to persevere through. I'm going to do the hard thing. For my family, I'm going to do the hard thing. For my God, I'm laying my life down. That is the essence of biblical love and biblical manhood. And that's what God's called us to do. So we're to stand in the culture. We're to, we're to be courageous and follow Jesus wherever it leads, even if it's difficult, even if it's hard. And we're to do so in love. And I believe that if we 
rise up as men of God and we follow Jesus first in our lives, we will make a difference in our homes. We will make a difference in this church. We will make a difference in this community. The hope of America is Christianity. And the hope of Christianity is godly men who will stand up and do what's right. Let's pray. Father, thank you for giving us your challenge and your word. Father, help us to be strong. Lord, all of us are called to be strong, but Lord, especially we as men, help us to be strong, to protect our families, to live for you and to, to protect the interests of this church and to, to, to share the gospel. Lord, help us stand. Help us be bold in your strength and your power. Father, help us love our wives and kids the way we should. Grandkids the way we should. And Lord, help us never back down or retreat from following you. Help us to have a stubborn, determined heart to obey you and follow you wherever it leads. Father, maybe there's a dad here today that doesn't know Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that today would be the day that he would, he would acknowledge that he needs Jesus Christ, that uh, he needs him to change his heart and his life. And that he choose to repent of his sin and put his trust in you today and find new and eternal life. Perhaps there's a dad today that says, you know, I've not been living courageously for Christ. I've not been putting him first in my life. God, I pray that uh, any who are, are uh, recognizing that would choose today to say, Lord, my life is yours. My heart is yours. I, I choose to follow you wholeheartedly to lay myself down on behalf of others. Or whatever decision needs to be made, help it to be made right now. Maybe there's someone, someone else, Lord, not just a dad, but maybe there's uh, someone else in this place, Lord, that uh, needs Jesus. And uh, thank you that you said, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I pray that they would choose.